This is the Everyday AI Show, the everyday podcast where we simplify AI and bring its power to your fingertips. Listen daily for practical advice to boost your career, business, and everyday life. What is the best large language model to use? Should we be using ChatGPT, Google Bard, Microsoft Bing, or something else? Don't worry. Today, we're going to tackle that and talk about probably the five most popular models and maybe put that question to rest and showing you the pros and cons of each of those. So welcome. My name is Jordan Wilson and this is Everyday AI. This is your daily live stream podcast and free daily newsletter helping everyday people like me and you not just learn about AI, but how we can actually leverage it. All right, so I'm extremely excited today. Uh, Thank you if you're joining us live. So if you are new to generative AI, or if you have a lot of questions about large language models, what they are, how they're used, which ones are best, this is definitely the show for you. If you use large language models every single day, I hope you can join the conversation. Uh, Drop in, let me know what your favorite large language model is. Um, And as a reminder, if you're joining us on the podcast, check the show notes. You can always come in, click, uh, and and come join this conversation uh, that we mainly have going on LinkedIn and other places. But uh, if you're an avid podcast listener, go ahead, come join us. All right. So good morning. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for joining. Uh, Extremely excited today for a little large language model showdown. Um, And as a reminder, like I said, If you're catching us on the live stream, make sure to sign up for the free daily newsletter. Maybe if you're on the podcast, come join us on the live stream. We do each and every single day, 7.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, We go live and then we uh, put it out on podcasts and shoot the newsletter out shortly thereafter. All right. So before we get into diving into all things LLMs, large language models, let's first quickly take a look at what's going on in the world of AI news. We do this every single day. So first, uh, Pika Labs has released some new features. So uh, the text-to-video platform and runway competitor released some big updates. So uh, Pika Labs AI video generator uh, has two main new features. Uh, So one is video typing, and the other one is the ability to embed a company logo into a video. So video typing is essentially being able to insert uh, text or words into an AI-generated video and then also the option for the logo. So pretty cool. And we'll probably do an AI in five on that uh, next week. All right, next. Uh, Traditional stock photo giant is getting into the Gen AI game. So Getty Images is partnering with NVIDIA to start offering AI-generated images. So uh, Getty has released their own AI photo-generated tool called Generative AI by Getty Images. Not the catchiest name, but uh, maybe maybe they'll work on that. Uh, so currently, it is paywalled uh, on the uh, Getty website, and also it looks like it's going to be available through an API as well. So uh, interesting development there, especially as Getty famously took uh, Stability AI, another AI image generating company, to court for allegedly misusing their copywritten photos. Uh, but now they're embracing the tech. All right, Spotify is going all in on AI. 
Uh, so uh, some recent updates, which I think we shared about in the newsletter, but I wanted to talk about it here on the show. So uh, they're allowing podcasters to replicate their voice with AI and to translate them in other languages. Um, so maybe everyday AI will be coming to uh, a language closer closer to your home. Uh, also, Spotify has slightly reversed course and said it won't remove AI-generated music from their platform. So interesting. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and do a fourth story today. Normally, I cap it at three, but this one was extremely interesting. So a new Harvard study showed the impact of GPT-4 and productivity. Uh, so this Harvard-led study showed a 40% performance boost when consultants used GPT-4. So this uh, study was done with Boston Consulting Group, you know, one of the most uh, well-known consulting groups in the world. Uh, my only question is why only 40%? Um, I'm wondering what kind of training, uh, everyone had beforehand, but to only have a 40% performance boost while using GPT-4 probably means you weren't using it correctly. Uh, sorry. So, uh, Boston, uh, BCG, holler at me. I'll teach y'all how to use it correctly. <laughs> All right. So let's get, let's get back to the topic at hand. Let's talk about large language models. What are your questions? Uh, what do you want to know about chat GPT, about BARD? about Bing, cloud, and perplexity. Those are the five, I think. There's others. Don't get me wrong. There's probably a dozen or so <clears throat> great AI-powered chats. But I'd say those are probably the top five. Um, I'm making that own list. But I mean, ChatGPT, Bard, and Bing are undoubtedly the top three. And then we just saw Cloud yesterday rake in a, I believe, a four- billion with a B, $4 billion investment from Amazon. So they've already catapulted themselves up into that uh, top tier. Um, and then perplexity. I think perplexity is something that um, a large language model that not a lot of people talk about. Um, so I want to know, what are your questions about large language models? We're going to go over it live. I'm going to show you quickly the pros and cons. This isn't going to be one of those episodes where it accidentally goes to 45 minutes, uh, but I want to say what's up to everyone joining us. So uh, Parimi, thank you for joining. Uh, Val, uh, good morning. Uh, Mike, thank you for joining. Uh, Harvey Castro, happy to be here. Happy to have Harvey on the show, uh, I think in two days. Uh, Josh saying good morning from Dallas. Uh, thank you. Thank you all for joining. Um, and if you do have questions, get them in. Uh, what's up, Brandon Cox Sanford? Good to see you. Uh, all right, let's get it going. What questions do you have? I see a couple questions. I'm going to go ahead and start them, right? Um, at least on my end. Don't worry. If you have a specific question, let me know. Uh, Harvey says throw in poe.com. Yeah, poe's good, uh, except. At least I think the last time I checked, like two weeks ago, you still can't use um, you still can't use plugins on Poe. I don't think could be wrong. All right, let's get into it. Let's start talking about LLMs. So, very quick overview, especially if you're new. What is a large language model? Uh, the simplest way for the everyday person for me to explain a large language model is it is the world's most advanced form of autocomplete trained on the history of the internet 
you know, usually uh, billions or trillions of, of data points, essentially, right? Without getting super technical and talking uh, transformers and neural networks, I'd say that's a fairly easy way to describe it, right? Uh, all these large language models, they're trained on heaps and heaps of data. Uh, essentially, anything that's probably ever existed on the internet um, is in some of the largest large language models, right? But essentially they are models. That's what I always teach people. Um, you know, when working with large language models, you shouldn't be using it like you would use a traditional search engine, which is one input, one output. That's not how a large language model works best, right? Uh, contrary to what, you know, influencers on the internet who are trying to sell you a book of prompts might tell you, uh, you should never just be uh, copying and pasting one input and looking for a great output. Uh, that might only give you a 40% increase in productivity when I think you could easily, easily double your productivity or more using a large language model. Uh, all right, so that's the simplest overview. Now let's talk about a little bit about models, right? Um, so let's look at OpenAI Bing chat and perplexity, right? So it's also important to understand the relationship between uh, Microsoft Bing chat and OpenAI, the maker of chat GPT, GPT-4 technology, right? Um, Microsoft is the biggest investor. I, I don't know the exact number. I think it's like 49% or something like that. I could be wrong. So don't quote me on that, but I believe it's you know nearly half uh, ownership stake in OpenAI. So it's important to know that those two do work hand in hand. Uh, Perplexity, I believe recently they also announced uh, the option in the paid version to uh, connect to Claude 2 as well as GPT-4, right? So essentially we have ChatGPT, uh, Bing Chat, and Perplexity all use GPT-4. They also, it's important to know Bing Chat uses other models. You know, they're not... Um, you know, telling us everything, but it is based off of GPT-4 and uh, other models, all right? Uh, Bard from Google is based on Palm 2, and then Cloud from Anthropic, their model is Cloud 2, okay? So that piece is important to understand that some of these share models, some have multiple models that they're using, right? Um, that's important too, because it's going to sometimes produce similar results. So you might get somewhat similar results uh, at times if you use OpenAI's ChatGPT and if you use Microsoft Bing Chat. And we're going to do that live, so don't worry. Um, but I tell, like, I'm going into models because of this. If you are working heavily in large language models, which you should, because that is the future of work, right? Um, obviously, Copilot did a less... Uh, an episode on that um, yesterday. So, but that's ultimately based off of large language models, right? So it's important to know which um, offerings or which chats, AI chats, whatever you want to call them. I, I, I don't often call them AI chatbots, but um, some of them share very strong similarities and some are very different, right? Uh, the reason I say that is a lot of times, even in my workflow, you know, I have two screens here and I'll split each screen in half, right? So this is how I'll normally work if I'm doing some heavy, uh, some heavy deep work. I'll usually have ChatGPT with plugins on at least two to three of those four. And then one is usually perplexity, or I'll either have cloud 
or uh, barred. So the reason I do that also is to switch up the models uh, because you will get, you know, even if you're training a chat in the same way, which that's what you should always do because it's a model, you'll still get very different results. All right. I hope that's a good enough overview. Uh, and yes, Gemini coming soon from uh, Google should, I think it is allegedly supposed to be much more powerful uh, than GPT-4. So yeah, that's also important to understand is, um, you know, these, these models and these companies are constantly changing and, you know, that's where all the money is going right now. You know, we talked about a $4 billion investment into Anthropic from Amazon to improve and build upon cloud. So uh, these models are constantly changing um, and constantly improving as well. Uh, that's a great point to bring up. All right, let's go here and see them in action. All right, we're going to do something just super quick. All right, just so we can see pros and cons. So I'm going to go, I'm going to do pros and cons, but also uh, show you some of the best features and pros and cons. All right. So here we go. Here is Google Bard. If I'm being honest, I'm not very impressed with Google Bard. If I'm being super honest, uh, I do think when uh, they kind of upgrade to Gemini, it will be much better. Uh, but something that I really like about Google Bard, and I'm going to go ahead and put this test prompt in, and I'll I'll tell you what this test prompt is and why I'm running it. So all I'm saying is please tell me about Microsoft's recent announcement on Microsoft 365 Copilot and what the November 1 release entails. Please keep it simple and give me a brief bullet-pointed list, right? Uh, so super, super simple stuff here. And uh, luckily, Google handles it uh, with ease. So I will say this, even though personally, I'm not the biggest fan right now of Google Bard, uh, it is probably the easiest large language model to learn on. It has the, it, it, it has the most easy to understand user interface. The user experience is actually pretty good. If we're talking about quality of outputs and functionality and um, utility, it's not it's not in the top two by far. Uh, also, um, you know, people are you know were initially raving about the new extensions uh, from Bard, you know, which essentially help connect uh, Google Bard to other Google products like YouTube, your Gmail, uh, Google Drive, I believe, etc. Google Flights, right? Um, here's the thing. On workspace accounts, it's not available for everyone yet, right? You'll even see my account right here. I don't have extensions. I have to log into my personal Gmail because we use the you know G Suite or Google Workspace uh, for our email at Accelerant Agency, the um, digital strategy company that I own. And um, so that's a downside. And even when I when, when I tested the uh, extensions out, to tell you the truth, not that great, <laughs> right? Uh, at least for what I would want to expect. As an example, you can't summarize YouTube videos. And obviously Google doesn't want that because they want you to spend time watching those YouTube videos so they can get their ad revenue, right? Um, it can't, you know, interact and write in Google Sheets. So these are all things you can do in ChatGPT. So, you know, when people say, oh, you know, Google Bard is great and look at these extensions. Well, the extensions, at least compared to ChatGPT, lack utility period. You know, 
it's probably tough news to swallow if you're a huge Google Bard fan. However, I do love the user interface. It is the easiest. So if you want to teach, you know, a parent or, you know, an aunt or uncle or, you know, a, a coworker that's maybe not as tech savvy about large language models, I'll say 100% Bard. It is the easiest interface. You can click to upload an image, which is great. Kind of that multi-modal uh, multi that uh, ChatGPT OpenAI uh, just announced yesterday and will be releasing. Um, you know, you can speak and, uh, you know, speak your commands and then hear the response by default. Again, these are things coming to ChatGPT, but not here yet. So uh, in terms of user interface, user experience, ease to use, best to learn on, uh, I'd say definitely, um, you know, Google is, is, is where it's at. They also do have this double check response, which they just announced, uh, I think last week. If I'm being honest, I don't think it's very useful. If anything, it's just a marketing angle, I'd say, uh, because half of the time, you know, so when I click that here, you know, if you're listening on the podcast, it's, um, you know, out of the bullet points it gave me, uh, you know, when I asked it to give me bullet points, it gives me sources for some and highlights them, but then you just go to, you get to thinking like, okay, then what about the ones that aren't highlighted? Does that mean Google bar just made it up? Right. So that's why this whole fact check thing and people are talking, you know, because one of the biggest things with large language models is they lie, they uh, hallucinate, they make stuff up. Well, is this really useful? <laughs> if you click the, you know, the quote unquote kind of fact check button and it just highlights 50% of what's on there, uh, not really, it's not really useful to me. Um, yeah. Like, like Val said, you can already tell nothing like plugins uh, from chat GPT. Absolutely. Um, all right, so let's go next. So we gave uh, Google Bard a little run there. All right, so now I'm going to run the same prompt here. We are in Anthropic Cloud 2. All right. So what's interesting here Hey, this is Jordan, the host of Everyday AI. I've spent more than a thousand hours inside ChatGPT and I'm sharing all of my secrets in our free Prime Prompt Polish ChatGPT course that's only available to loyal listeners like you. Here's what Lindy, who works as an educational consultant, said about the PPP course. I couldn't figure out why I wasn't getting the results from ChatGPT that I needed and wanted. And after taking the PPP course, I now realize that I was not priming correctly. So I will be heading back into ChatGPT right now to practice my priming, prompting, and polishing. Everyone's prompting wrong, and the PPP course fixes that. If you want access, go to podppp.com. Again, that's podppp.com. Sign up for the free course and start putting ChatGPT to work for you. So what's interesting here, and I'm actually a little shocked, um, I do these live too, right? Uh, I love learning things along with you. So this isn't like I, you know, spent 10 hours uh, preparing this episode. It's a daily show. I can't spend 10 hours. Um, but what's actually surprising here, which I don't know how, so I'll have to investigate this later. Uh, Cloud actually got some things right about a recent event. So um, it did say Microsoft announced a new AI-powered feature called Copilot coming to Microsoft 365 on November 1st. So that could, in theory, be inferred from the prompt that I gave it, 
which I said, please tell me about Microsoft's recent announcement, right? Um, and everything else, there is nothing else specific uh, that lets me know that cloud is actually accessing up-to-date information. Everything else is extremely general. Um, so let's quickly talk about cloud. So one advantage that cloud has, I think, over all other competitors, well, there's two things. One, if you look at the bottom of the screen, it has the built-in capability to upload documents, right? The biggest thing is PDFs, okay? Again, you can do this in ChatGPT. You obviously, prop if, if you've listened to the show uh, ever before, you probably know, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of ChatGPT with plugins. So um, that is probably one of the best advantages uh, for cloud. You can upload documents, which is great because in theory, you can quickly train cloud on your company data. Again, never upload uh, private documents to any large language model because most all of them use anything you upload to train their models. So don't upload anything sensitive. Uh proprietary, classified, uh, don't do that. However, uh, you can, in theory, upload your entire website or your entire writing catalog uh, into Anthropic Cloud. The other great thing about cloud is it has a bigger memory, right? We're not gonna get you know too dorky into tokens, uh, but essentially cloud has a 100,000 token memory, which all that means is it can remember things for a much longer period than all of these other large language models. So those are two pretty big benefits um, of cloud. And they did just recently announce kind of their um, their paid uh, pro. I also believe it's $20 a month. Uh, correct me on that if I'm wrong, because I know we have some avid uh, large language model fans in the house. So let's go ahead and go to uh, perplexity, which love perplexity. So I'm going to go ahead and turn on Copilot. Okay. So Everyone uses this uh, this Copilot um, name, which is confusing. You know, you have Microsoft Copilot, GitHub Copilot. Now you have uh, Perplexity Copilot. Pilot. But anyways, that enables a more advanced model. So I'm going to go ahead and click that little, uh, put my little prompt in there. Again, just showing you guys this live. I'm saying, please tell me about Microsoft's recent announcement on Microsoft 365 Copilot and what the November 1 release entails. Please keep it simple and give me a brief bullet point list, right? So you'll see here, perplexity is a little slower, which is a funny thing to say because these large language models, when you think of what they're actually computing are lightning fast. So perplexity is a bit slower. However, if you're talking about out of the box accuracy, out of the box um, avoiding hallucination and lies, perplexity, hands down, is heads and shoulders above everyone else. And it's not even close. I'm actually perplexed. <laughs> Accidental wordplay. I'm perplexed that, you know, someone hasn't acquired perplexity, specifically either OpenAI, Microsoft, or Google, or maybe Anthropic. Well, I don't know. But uh, perplexity, I think, is a huge player. And you look at the response here that you got. It's amazingly detailed and accurate, right? So as an example, if you compare this to the response that we got on cloud, cloud, it's like, I don't know if it's lying to me or not, if I'm being honest, uh, because it did give me some recent information, but it looks like it just inferred that from my prompt, right? 
when I, when we look at perplexity, perplexity, I haven't even done this yet. I haven't ran this on all models and I already know perplexity will win, um, in terms of, well, one A and one B, but it is extremely accurate. So this isn't uh, perplexity is not as creative, you know, it's not as flexible, but if you want the best of a large language model and accuracy, perplexity is, is where it's at. Um, I love perplexity. I always will have at least one perplexity window open whenever I'm doing any kind of uh, large language model work. Uh, there's other great features. And again, yes, uh, recently they did announce down here uh, that you can um, use Cloud2. If you're on a pay plan, you can use Cloud2 or GBT4. So you can choose between those two different models when you use the co-pilot feature. All right, so important to know, but uh, perplexity is huge. What do y'all think? Do you like, does anyone in here like perplexity? Just me? Am I dorking out? All right, Shannon. Shannon, thank you for joining us. Shannon says, perplexity came so close to my voice at one point, I forgot for a second I wasn't typing to myself. Yeah, if I'm being honest, I don't use perplexity a whole lot uh, for more creative writing or content writing. Uh, I do think, at least for me, ChatGPT is the best at that. But yeah, I'd say pretty much, eh, aside from Google Bard, I've been able to to do a pretty good job at you know uh, replicating a tone of voice or a company brand voice in most large language models. Uh, pretty good at that. Uh, yeah, Harvey said perplex uh, perplexity Chrome plugin, fantastic. Agree, I use that as well. Uh, Val loves perplexity. Same. All right, let's keep it going, y'all. So uh, we're gonna. Unfortunately, I got to switch switch. Uh, Switch browsers here. So uh, some so, some news is, uh, it's not even that big of news, but uh, we had to wait for a very long time to get Bing Chat. So Microsoft's AI model, uh, we had to wait for a very long time to get it on Chrome. And we were so excited. We're like, yay, it's on Chrome. But now they took it away. So uh, I'm, I'm in Microsoft edge now. So yeah, you used to be able to access all of these in Chrome, but uh, recently within the past couple of days, uh, now you have to access this new model in um, Microsoft Edge. Just FYI, so you all know. All right, let's go ahead and run this. I hope, I hope Microsoft Bing Chat nails this about Microsoft Copilot. <laughs> it would be kind of bad if, if, it, if it didn't, right? All right, so uh, put in the same prompt. And again, you can, uh, choose, uh, kind of, if you want to be more creative, more balanced or more precise, which is a great, uh, a great option inside, uh, Bing chat. Um, it's similar to creating, uh, or selecting a model, but it is more focused on accuracy, which I like for the most part, I usually use balanced. All right. So you'll see the response here. Um, obviously, it nailed it, right? Um, everything here, which I love, um, especially with Bing. I think Bing does the best job, um, aside from perplexity, at citing sources, which is extremely important. Um, so you'll see here it brought up all these different um, sources at the bottom. And you can hover over, um, which actually normally I don't see it like this. Normally I don't see where every single thing is sourced. It could be because I asked for a... Uh, a bullet pointed list that it, it decided to source everything. Whereas if I asked for more of a paragraph or, you know, a quick article on something, I don't think it would have sourced line by line, but 
Um, Bing chat is actually really good. Um, I like that you can always, uh, as as you can see here, I'm hovering over. Um, you can always, uh, you know, do the thumbs up, thumbs down, copy, export, share, or continue on phone, which I think is a nice feature. Uh, the one thing that I'm not crazy about um, is sometimes even when you're on search um, and you toggle between the search and the AI chat, um, the two can kind of run into each other. So as you're scrolling on uh, the search or scrolling on the chat, it'll jump over to the other one, which is a little confusing. Um, but aside from that, um, you know, some other features. So you can uh, just go ahead and click on a new topic. Uh, you can add an image, which is great. You know, the ability inside a large language model to upload an image gives you so much flexibility, uh, so much just cool use cases, right? Um, and that's coming to ChatGPT pretty soon here. Um, and then you can also use the microphone. So at least right now, uh, Bing Chat is, I'll say this, it is a little limited compared to others, um, but I do with Copilot's release today, right? Uh, not, not the enterprise, you know, with all the apps, 365 Copilot, but basic uh, Copilot features are being released uh, today. So I do see, um, you, you know, there there is going to be an enterprise version of this, uh, of Bing Chat, as well as, you know, chat GPT. Uh, so I do see some big advancements and improvements coming to Bing chat soon. Right now it gets the job done. Um, it's not my first or second choice usually. Uh, but I do think it's, um, similar to Google Bard. It has a nice, easy interface. Uh, but there are a little bit of, uh, some, some quirks, but I do, uh, expect, uh, Microsoft to be improving those soon. All right. Last but not least. We saved, let's get the right one here. We saved my favorite for last. You know, it's fine. I am a little biased. So I'm going to go ahead and put that same prompt into ChatGPT with plugins. Okay. I've done a whole episode on plugins. And this is why I always come back to ChatGPT. The ability to have more than a thousand plugins that actually can push the envelope of your day-to-day -day business development and business processes is invaluable. I sound like a, you know, it's, it's old man Jordan on the porch screaming at people. Like, why aren't you running your complete day inside of chat GPT with plugins? You know, even if, if I'm being honest, even when I'm using a great large language model and all, all of these are great, all five of these are great. If I'm in Bard or Microsoft Bing Chat or Perplexity or Cloud for too long, I feel limited if I'm being honest because you're you're still working in a silo, right? Whereas when you're working with ChatGPT, you're not as siloed. You know, you can tap in other plugins that give you access to the internet, which is what I'm using here, right? So if anyone is wondering like, "Oh, how did you access the internet?" You know, Microsoft Bing, they they took browse with Bing away. Uh, which used to be a, a mode inside ChatGPT. Well, I have the browser op plugin and the Vox script plugin, which are both uh, tied to the internet and have different uh, different capabilities. Um, and if you are signed up, FYI, for the pro course for Prime Prompt Polish, we have a free course, Prime Prompt Polish. So type in PPP, I'll send it to you. But the pro course, we actually go pretty deep uh, into these different plugin packs and their, their capabilities. But 
um, let's let's go ahead and look at the uh, the result here. So um, obviously, ChatGPT nailed it. Uh, it says, you know, here's a bullet point list. It has the announcement, new visual identity. Uh, what I like about, uh, you know, ChatGPT's response here, working off the same prompt, is it did a little bit better job of categorizing and formatting things, which I know sounds weird. Uh, but even if you look at, um, you know, the response from Microsoft Bing Chat, it was just uh, unsorted, uncategorized bullet points. The upside is they were all sourced and linked. But um, that's why I like in ChatGPT, I think it does a much better job of formatting without asking, without prompting. I think it always does a much better job than other large language models of formatting information um, in a way that our brains want to um, take it in or in, in a way that we as humans learn best. Um, I know that's like such a f like fine detail, but it's important, right? I've spent, I've lost the track of how many hours, thousand or more, uh, probably a lot more, thousands of hours inside of large language models. And the ability to learn and to take information quickly is such an under, uh, an undervalued uh, part of a large language model. So, you know, when we look at this, obviously fantastic recap. Uh, we do get a couple sources. In the prompt, I could have asked for more sources uh, from these plugins, but we get the sources down there. Uh, which is great, can even toggle through them. So if you're not using chat GPT plugins, uh, you definitely should be. All right, so that's the roundup. Went over the top five. I'm gonna get to a couple questions. I think we got time to go over a couple. Might not be able to get to them all. Um, May Brett absolutely says, perplexity sounds like a great one for technical tests. It's, it, it is good for technical. I always use it essentially for fact-checking. Um, or sometimes I'll start, you know, um, I'll say this, I have chats within chat GPT that I trained to help myself and our team learn things, right. Uh, which is great. Uh, but sometimes I'll just start because it's a little faster, um, inside perplexity. I think it's great for that. All right. Have a couple questions here. Uh, let's get to them and I want to make sure I get them. Uh, ben, I think we have the old man Jordan meme in, a, in an old uh, <laughs> in an old thread somewhere. I'll have to get it ready. Uh, all right. So um, Val says, why use uh, double web browsing plugins? Great question. Um, and I go over this more in the pro course. Are, are, are you coming to the pro course? Val, I got to make sure I send you the information. So we have one today and tomorrow and we'll get, we'll get another one going in a couple of weeks, but um, different web browsing plugins have different capabilities. Um, we actually have a huge chart ran through more than 20 internet connected chat GPT plugins and tested each and every one of their abilities across four major categories. So, uh, for a lot of the work that I use chat GPT for, um, it's a lot of internet research. Um, it's a lot of learning things and different plugins have different, um, capabilities. So even browser op and box script, in our testing, and we literally, I don't know anyone else that has put through 20 plus internet connected plugins and has created a spreadsheet on their capabilities. But um, as an example, some internet connected plugins have the ability to read PDFs. Some have the ability to, um, you know, summarize YouTube videos. And you can only have three plugins active at any time um, inside ChatGPT. So you do have to be wise about, you know, not just getting a one trick pony, you do want a Swiss army knife that you've tested. Uh, all right. I hope that makes sense. 
Need the pro course. All right, I got you. All right, let's see. I think we have another question here. All right, let's go. Kevin, thank you for joining. Uh, so Kevin says, have you ever used a combination of them to craft something? If so, what do you tend to start with? Which one do you tend to end with? Oh, such a good question. Um, yes, all the time, all the time. Um, I, I kind of started to answer that, but usually I'll do two things, Kevin. So one is I'll run a parallel chat. And again, I'm always training chats. It's never, you know, one input, one output. So I'm saying if I'm going to sit down and go through the work of training a new chat to give it a new skill, to share resources, all of these things, I'm going to usually do the thing in a separate large language model with a different, um, a different model, right? So not just doing it to those that are using GPT-4, but sometimes I'll run a parallel in BARD or cloud, because if you're going through the process, essentially you're going to be just doing a lot of copying and pasting. So it's not an, a lot of extra time, but you get double the output or double the possibilities. Um, and you will get wildly different uh, outputs, you know, when using even the GBT4 um, models from, um, you know, Bing chat, uh, chat GPT perplexity, you'll get wildly different results than uh, BARD and cloud. Um, so yes, all the time. I tend to start actually a lot of times in perplexity. Um, it's a quick way to, and, and, and that actually goes to user interface because ChatGPT is great. I love it. The user interface is clunky. Um, you, you know, you have to scroll through, I have probably thousand, a thousand plus chats and you, you know, I even need to do a better job of saving them, putting them in a spreadsheet, but the UI UX isn't the best in ChatGPT or if you need to add a plugin, uh, you, you know, search for it. I, I spend so much time uninstalling plugins because I have so many installed, they're hard to find. So a lot of times I'll start in perplexity and take those results and bring them into ChatGPT or BARD. All right, hopefully that answered the question. Uh, Brian, what's what's going on, Brian? So Brian, with a quick question, if you are not accessing the internet for an analysis of data, which has the best memory and analytical ability? Who? Uh, well, memory, I, you can definitively say uh, cloud, just 100,000 uh, tokens. Um, no one else has that. So memory, hands down, is cloud. Um, analytical ability is probably up for interpretation. Um, in my experience, it depends on also what your input is, right? Because if you're going heavy data, um, that's going to change the answer. Uh, if you're just looking for, you know, strategy or competitive analysis that changes the answer. Um, I'd say for the most part, um, analytical ability without knowing what the input is, I'd say normally, uh, chat GPT with the correct plugins runs laps around everyone, right? Cause if you're talking analytical ability, it's like, oh, okay, well we can use the Wolfram plugin inside chat GPT and you literally give it like genius superpowers, right? So uh, I will say analytical, I would say chat GPT just because of the ability to uh, connect to different plugins. All right, uh, let's see. Question from Michael. What's up, Michael? Uh, so Michael says, seems like you are mostly into chat GPT, perplexity and BARD. What do you use cloud for? Um, great question. Sometimes I'll use cloud when I need a quick, um, 
when I need to quickly chat with a PDF, right? If I'm in a time crunch or if I need to have a very long conversation with a PDF, then cloud is the best for that. Um, you know, cloud is the only one by default where you can click and add a PDF, which is actually a pretty big benefit. Uh, because even, you know, I ran through, uh, I'm going to have a video coming out this week with our AI, uh, AI in five. We do it, um, every single day. So sign up for the newsletter. FYI, I'll put that plug in now. Go to youreverydayai.com, sign up for the newsletter. But I did do a huge a, like PDF plugin recap um, inside ChatGPT, and they're great. But a lot of times you have to first upload a PDF to a server somewhere and or separately use, uh, have an account uh, with one of the PDF plugins. So uh, if I'm ever in a time crunch or if I don't just want to go through the hassle of uploading uh, a PDF um, you know, navigating to it, right-clicking, copying the, uh, the PDF URL for chat GPT, then I might go into cloud. Um, all right, Ben, one more, I, I think I'll do one more question. I'll get to the rest of them after. Uh, so Ben's asking when you've trained a large language model, do you find it forgets the training and runs out of, yes. Oh gosh. Yes. Um, it does run out of memory, you know, uh, also have another video showing this, uh, probably this week, but, um, even within chat GPT, it starts to lose its memory pretty quickly. Um, you know, OpenAI has said that 32 K or 32,000 tokens, which I think is like 26,000 words is available to everyone in GPT four, but it's not, um, it's available via the API, but, uh, at least in my testing and everyone else, uh, you know, if you're using GPT four, um, inside chat GPT, I believe it still has an 8k memory, which isn't a lot, you know, 6,000 words goes quickly, Ben. So that's why I said, uh, there is a pretty big advantage to Anthropic cloud. If you're working in very long chats, um, what we teach in prime prompt polish, uh, which is, a, you know, our PPP course for chat GPT, we teach everyone how to do a memory recall, uh, because again, I'd rather do a memory recall when you start to kind of quote unquote run out of memory and still have all of the amazing business capabilities of chat GPT with plugins than to use Anthropic Cloud, which has a longer memory, if I'm being honest, right? You can literally with one click of a button automate very long, complex tasks um, within three different plugins within chat GPT, which you can't do anywhere else. So, uh, all right. I think we got to some questions, didn't get to them all. I didn't want this to turn into a marathon episode. So as a reminder, I'm going to try to get to more, more questions, uh, here after the show, but please, if this was helpful, let me know. Did, did y'all learn anything? Hey, if this was helpful, go ahead and, you know, if, if you're listening on, uh, if you're listening live, just repost this, repost this to your network. Um, if you're listening on the podcast, share this episode with a friend, right? If you're listening on Spotify, Apple, you know, you can click that little share button, send it to someone. Uh, I think this is a fundamental skill set for any working professional in the future. You have to understand how large language models work. You have to know the pros and the cons, and they're always changing. So to keep up, go to youreverydayai.com. Sign up for the free daily newsletter. We gave our website a little, little love, little facelift there. Uh, so, so check that out as well. Uh, I hope to see you back, not just for more large language models in the future, but I hope to see you back for another episode of Everyday AI. Thanks, y'all. 
that's a wrap for today's edition of Everyday AI. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a rating. It helps keep us going. For a little more AI magic, visit youreverydayai.com and sign up to our daily newsletter so you don't get left behind. Go break some barriers and we'll see you next time.